it goes right, it's a slice. If it goes left, it's a hook. If it goes straight, it's a miracle. This is Out of Bounds. If it's happening in the world of golf, we're talking about it. Coverage, debate, discussion, pro golf and local golf. Let's do it. This is Out of Bounds. And here are your hosts, Nate Sharman and Josh Derso. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast. Josh Derso and Nate Sharman here breaking down the biggest golf news of the week. We are getting you ready for the memorial this weekend. We have got elevated golf, Nate, uh, and you are going to be there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yep, that's for sure. Gonna not gonna be at Oak Hill this week, unfortunately, but <laughs> going up to the memorial, visiting some cousins that live in Columbus. So back to another golf tournament for me. So I'm pretty excited about that as the PGA Tour season rolls on with another elevated event. Awesome stuff. Uh, we got to get into our five things you need to know this week. Nate, what do you have for us? Miliano Grillo back in the winner's circle. Been over a lot, little a little bit up. About over seven years for Grillo to get back in the winner's circle. He defeated Adam Shank in a playoff at the Charles Schwab Challenge in Texas on the second playoff hole. Hit a fantastic shot on uh, the par three. Got a nice little, I don't know if I want to call it a member's bounce, but as he kicked it and fed it towards the hole, hit it to about 10 or 12 feet, knocked that one in to get his first win in a while now as he's as he's won now twice on the PGA Tour. So good for Grillo to get back and uh, get in there and get some more exemptions for a little while and get into some of these elevated events too. So it can be a big career move for Grillo and uh, hats off to him. That's for sure. The block yeah. party's over, huh, Josh? Yeah. Michael the block, block. The block party is over. Oof. So Michael um, Block, the PGA Tour, PGA Championship phenom, the, the PGA club professional, 46-year-old, played just outstanding golf in the PGA Championship to earn that top 15 Get invited back to the next PGA Championship and, and into the RBC Canadian Open as well as the Charles Schwab Challenge. However, it didn't go well for him. First day, shoots 81, then shoots 74. Just seemed to look just exhausted out there, Josh. Watched a little bit of his round on Thursday. Um, just was really erratic with the driver off the tee, which is not something like Michael Block. We saw Moto kill. He hit everyone just about on a string right down the middle. Was hitting drives all over the place, which is not something to like his game. Doesn't hit it very far, but seems to be a guy that can keep it down the middle. So uh, we'll call the block party over. Does have an exemption next week in the RBC Canadian Open in Ontario. So looking forward to that to see if he can kind of bounce back. He's also playing in the U.S. Open qualifier this weekend with his son. So that'll be interesting to see if, if we hear about that, too. So uh, Early Michael Block going to keep rolling on. Early prediction there. I think he will perform better this time around. Than this past time around, like you said, he was drained clearly. Yes. Um, I wish they just didn't invite him to that tournament coming off yeah. of that week. I think that was just the wrong. Um, I think it was the right move for the PGA tour to try and capture that momentum, the the media blast that was happening, the frenzy around him. Um, but I don't think that was the right thing to do for Michael block. Um, yes. We'll see how he does this coming week. We got to talk about his comments on the Bob Mannery podcast though, before we go, <laughs> He uh, was doing his media role podcast, right? He, he seemed to be on anything under the sun um, after the PGA Championship, different podcasts and shows and, and and radio and stuff like that, too. But he was talking with Bob Mennery on, on his podcast about, you know, just not having length off the tee. Like how I mentioned, he, he, you know, he's a pretty straight driver of the golf ball, but doesn't hit it that far. And he played with Rory on Sunday at the PGA Championship, which is, you know, one of the longest drivers on tour, right? So he's talking about how Rory was routinely 30 to 40, if not more, yards ahead of him on Sunday, the PGA championship. And um, 
he just they just kind of kept talking about it and he went on to say that he thinks he would be one of the best golfers in the world if he had Rory's yardage. One of the best golfers in the world, Michael Block said. Um, I want to get your your thoughts on that, Josh, and, and hear your take. You know, I he it was interesting. He took a lot of heat, obviously, for making that comment, for saying it. Um, some people defended him. Some people chalked it up to him just doing a billion interviews and, you know, eventually you're going to put your foot in your mouth, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I kind of look at it as like, look at what he did. I, I mean, is it crazy to think that a guy who could, hang in the PGA championship if he had the length and the amount of time to dedicate to just playing golf at 20 years old, um, right. you know, that he couldn't have been or couldn't be, you know, it's one of those really interesting things where what makes a generational golfer, a generational golfer. And, you know, it's far more than just like raw talent or skill. It's also like timing and circumstance and, you know, having the right kind of conditions around you not saying yeah, you gotta that, get lucky right a little bit yeah i mean it, it all it all contributes um you know i think he showed that at the very least he would have or could have been a touring pro i guess if he had uh rory's length um i still think that he could be a, a something on the senior tour you know, I think yeah. he's like 47 years old. So yeah, I'd be years, interested to see like what the next two or three years holds for him. Um, but I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you think it's like it worth criticizing him over making that comment? I mean, every, <laughs> every guy on tour believes they could be the best player in the world. Right. Right. And yeah, I think so that would be an equally ludicrous statement if we're going to use the, the, the block theory and say that what he said is crazy. I would also say it's crazy for the guy who's ranked 200th in the world. Don't know who you are 200th golfer in the world. If he came out and said, I can be the best player in the world. Like it's yeah. just there. The, the pool is so small. I mean, think back to what uh, Brooks said, you know, about, I, I can't recall when he said it, but he was explaining kind of like what it takes to win a big event. And he kind of went through, the field uh, in how, you know, you got your guys that get cut. You've got your guys that just are going to be there in the weekend, but they're not actually going to be there. And when you really boil it down, you only have to beat like a four five, six, seven, eight guys on Sunday to, to win right. a golf tournament. And I think that's kind of the same like philosophy here. There are a lot of guys who are just touring pros. You, you think if, if block had Rory's length or any touring pros, uh, top 20, top 30, uh, length that he couldn't hang around that he couldn't i'm not saying he'd be one of the best players in the world per se but to say that he you know wouldn't have had a bunch of tour wins or whatever i, I you know seems yeah. a little he just didn't do himself any favors going out on on thursday and shooting 81 right you know he, there was a couple of clips where he was in a, he was in a bunker too and it took him a couple shots to get onto the green and into the into the hole too so just didn't do himself any favors but at the end of the day the internet just loves to dunk on people, um, especially oh, yeah. when they're at their highest too, right? That's always how the internet's going to work. Yep. But I don't, I don't hate Michael Block saying that because we love confidence out of our athletes too. And like you said earlier, if if people keep sticking a microphone in his face, you're bound to say something that maybe you regret. And I don't know if Michael Block regrets it, but um, maybe not. So I, I don't necessarily hate it, but he just at the end of the day didn't do a lot of favors for himself, like I said, and. and He'll, he'll be able to move on from that, and hopefully he plays better in the RBC Canadian Open next week. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there was a live golf event this past weekend. Nate, what do we have there? Harold Varner III gets in the winner's circle uh, for the first time in live. Team Torque gets the uh, victory there over in D.C. We'll talk a little bit more about live here coming up in a little while, but still just kind of awkward to watch live. I, I don't know. I watched a little bit of it on Sunday, and I don't know if it's 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 my fault. You know, I just have a little bit of a problem kind of focusing on it. I don't know if it's the music in the background. It's just the, the relaxed atmosphere, which I guess I get is what they're going for. And it looks like a lot of fun to be there. I had a couple people on my Instagram that were there and I was just kind of watching those videos and it did look fun to be at. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. That's for sure. Kind of what they're going for, but on TV, it's hard for me to watch it. I, I think one of the things that stood out to me watching a little bit over the weekend was just um, some of the things that they're doing feel like they're trying too hard. For example, I'll say the tweets. Yeah. See a ton of tweets popping all over your screen while guys are playing. And and I'll use Mino Pereira as an example. Um, you know, they're showing a bunch of tweets in sort of like real time about people just, you know, getting amped up about Mito and then they show Mito to just miss him like a three foot putt. And it's like, okay. Like that's just there are certain things I think you can and you can't do in production. I like that they're trying different things. The music doesn't really bother me, but there are different times like when you're seeing a bunch of um a bunch of tweets, for example, trying to hype up, you know, get all this energy around players and then you just see them missing pots. Right. It just it it feels like you're trying too hard and it doesn't I don't think have the effect that Live is going for. Another thing for me is the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's kind of like a NASCAR style leaderboard, which isn't a bad thing, it, but it's got the, you know, first five or six letters of each player's name. And yeah. they only have one player, Cameron Smith, whose name can fit on the leaderboard. Right. And, you know, it just especially with a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, you know, it's just kind of, you know, I'm a big golf fan. I have a kind of a hard time deciphering who is who right. on there. And it stays up the entire time, which when you're watching a four hour golf tournament, you don't need to see the leaderboard for four straight hours. In NASCAR, you do because, you know, so much change and so much change in the pole positions and stuff like that. Yeah, so absolutely. it's so I don't need to see the leaderboard the whole time. You know, if it I don't see it for five minutes, it doesn't change that drastically where you need to see it in real time. Right. You kind of can figure that out, too, as you go along. But I think Liv's doing a nice job kind of being where they want to be, though. So and I guess we could talk about that a little bit more in our next section. But uh, yeah, just a little bit hard to follow for me, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we have the uh, Senior PGA Championship in the books. Uh, a familiar face and perhaps a name that could be a dominant one on the Champions Tour. Yep, he continues to roll right along as uh, Steve Stricker takes down Podrick Harrington. That one was also in a playoff at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship in Texas last weekend. Uh, Podrick had the lead a lot of the tournament. Steve Stricker played pretty well down the stretch to get into that playoff and then took him down. So good for uh, Stricker to get that victory. Nice to see Stuart Sink in the mix, too. This is his first major on the uh, Champions Tour circuit. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't close to the leaderboard, but he didn't play poorly either. So he did a pretty good job of, of kind of assimilating himself into that into that sort of realm, too. So good to see uh, Stuart Sink getting in there. And then he'll be back on the PGA Tour as well, too. So. Do you Good think stuff. Steve Stricker is the next uh, Bernard Longer or or next uh, really dominant golfer to enter the the fray there? 
Definitely could be Steve Stricker. And I think I put Stuart Sink in that category too, because yeah. Stuart Sink is, is a really good player too. And as well as Podrick Harrington, we've seen Harrington come up with a lot more ball speed in the last few years. So I expect there to be some fierce competition on this the champion store, which will be fun to watch. And especially if Michael Block gets in the mix here in a couple of years. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, our last thing to watch, uh, Phenom Rosang has officially turned pro the 20 year old uh, collegiate standout probably the most decorated uh, college golfer we've had now what in the last in the last decade yeah. at least yeah. um she's turned pro and now it's it's a waiting game to see what happens here um very interesting because i feel like we get these stories every few years and they don't always pan out this one feels like a lock though um if you've seen her play golf and if you haven't go check out some of the clips on youtube um or on tiktok she's got a swing and she can play. Yeah. Getting a lot of comparisons to tiger, right. You know, both went to Stanford and, and did well in their collegiate careers. You know, Rose won the individual championships twice already. She's won the women's amateur. So not a lot left for her to do in college. So it makes a great decision to turn pro and pursue that career on the LPGA tour. So best of luck to her and going to be fun to watch her uh, on the LPGA tour these next couple of years and into her career. All right, let's shift gears here and pick up on some of the stories that we missed uh, since the PGA Championship. And a couple of these are PGA Championship related. Uh, Brando Sambly got absolutely hammered for his take. I think it was within an hour or two of the PGA Championship ending. Um, I believe he was debating Brad Faxon yes. about whether uh, Brooks Kepka should or should not be on the American team, the Ryder Cup. Uh, he argued that he should not. Um, the two went back and forth and essentially Brandel's entire argument hinges on the association to Saudi money. And from my perspective, that feels like a moot point here. Yeah. But I guess the bigger question is, should Brooks be on the Ryder Cup team or not playing for the USA? What do you think about that? I think it's a no-brainer, yes, because if they don't have a guy like Brooks Kepka on their team, how can you say you have the best Americans on your team? Because you just don't. I mean, Brooks Kepka, he won the PGA Championship. He almost won Augusta. He was a 54-hole leader at the Masters. He's won a live event this year. What more can he do? And I like kind of how Brooks said it in his in his uh, press conference on Tuesday before the PGA Championship. He was kind of, you know, Zach Johnson, the Ryder Cup captain was there and he was talking with him. And then in the in the presser, he said, well, I'm just going to do my best to make it hard for him, because if I go second first, then he ended up winning that. So we could confirm first and win the other two. It's going to be pretty hard for him not to pick me. So I like that attitude from Brooks Kapka. And but at the end of the day, I just I don't know how they can keep him off because this is separate from the PGA Tour. This doesn't have really have anything to do with politics in my mind. This is strictly about golf and playing for your country. So. I'm just hoping that they let Brooks on the team, which I'm sure they will let live guys play in these Ryder Cup and President's Cup uh, opportunities for their country. Yeah, and I think the other uh, the other point there is it's a PGA of America event. Yeah, it's different. So if they were allowed to play, if all these live guys were allowed to play uh, right. in the PGA Championship, I mean, if they qualify, and that to me is the 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 biggest driving force here. Um, I think the Ryder Cup loses a ton of credibility. Uh, if a major winner isn't allowed to participate despite having enough points accrued, because right. I think even with just participating in majors, it feels almost like a lock that Brooks is going to have enough points. 
Exactly. Yeah. You I mean, just second and first already. You would think that's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be in the top 10. Um, and I don't see how you can, you know, X him out if that is in fact the direction they want to go. I also don't think that this is the direction they want to go. And I think we're going to get into that here right now. Um, there was a story in SI this week talking about Liv's one-year anniversary. Uh, lots of interesting tidbits in it, but I think most interesting is that Liv Golf execs say they see scenarios where they and the PGA Tour can intermingle. One quoted said, we're not going anywhere. There's an opportunity for more teams, the opportunity to cross-pollinate from an all-star PGA Tour team that might have the top four FedEx players coming to compete in every event or our top four players playing in the Players' Championship, whatever it might be, end quote. Um, kind of contributing to that same thought process now that there isn't as much discussion about uh, where the money is coming from, because there are a lot of big question marks where the money is ultimately coming from in a variety of different uh, industries and spaces in America, in the United States, period. Um, so what kind of cross-pollination do you think is possible here uh, between the PGA Tour and Live Golf? Uh, as we now start to enter into year two and beyond, because clearly I don't think Liv is going anywhere. I think slowly they will gain popularity and gain uh, footing. And I think the the concern about where the money is coming from, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you you view it, I think that's going to go away. I don't think we'll see a PGA Tour versus Liv uh, golf tour. I don't think we'll see anything like that. I personally don't need to. I have, you know, being able to see these live players play in all four majors and then hopefully play in the President's Cup or Ryder Cup. So you got, you know, four majors and two other events, six events a year where you're seeing guys like Brooks Kapka, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith playing against and with a little bit with these PGA Tour players, which which I think is is enough for me. You know, these guys decided to leave the PGA Tour. So, you know, let's not put them on that the spotlight that the PGA Tour has, you know, that the following in the audience too much. So I think just having these guys play six times a year with each other is enough for me. You know, we've already seen how well Liv has performed in these two events so far. And I don't think that's going to be going away anytime soon. So that's all I need to see. I don't need to see an event versus the two of them. I would rather see kind of how the setup they have going now. Yeah, um, I, I guess my only my pushback to that would be um, I think this is the only year we're going to see a lot of Liv players playing in majors. Um, because frankly, I think the the fall off of world ranking points, the lack of um, if you're not winning, I don't really think you're going to be getting invites long term or have eligibility to these events long term. Um, and we've already kind of got this looming question about Ryder Cup, President's Cup participation. You know, Brooks is probably going to be the only live guy um, playing in the the Ryder Cup on the on the American side, despite, you know, at least a couple other players I can think of off the top of my head likely deserving spots, Patrick Cantley being one of them. And then Dustin Johnson being the other, um, you know, I, I think if both entities are going to move forward, setting all the legal stuff aside, because I think at the end of the day, the legal stuff isn't really going to go anywhere. Um, I, I think it might be who of both sides to come up with some kind of way to um, have the two entities work together. Cause if not, and, you know, Liv isn't killed or, or, you know, the PGA Tour isn't isn't held accountable in court for the, the whole the antitrust stuff. 
then we kind of just get into this world where we have two separate leagues that, you know, I think it just hurts golf, right? Yeah, I think that's like, where we're going to go. That seems to be the the kind of this kind of spot, because like you said, it just takes forever in court to kind of figure that stuff out. And so it's not going to be anytime soon where they, they kind of make a decision on that. Right. So I think we're going to have these two bodies in golf, BGA Tour versus Live. They'll never directly play each other in my mind. They'll kind of coexist. And on the topic of it, hating golf, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I've gone back and forth on this. When it first came out, it, it doesn't feel like it, it did. It felt like to me that, you know, it could hurt the game of golf at the end of the day, just splitting, you know, two audiences right in half or however that worked. But I think Liv has done some things that, you know, can be admirable for the game of golf. You know, going to a country like Australia and going to uh, going to different places that the PGA Tour hasn't gone to try to grow this new audience. You know, I was looking into it, too, and I think it was over half of their, you know, or, or even maybe even more. I might have the statistics wrong or people under the age of 45, which is really cool because, you know, they're getting kind of this more relaxed sense, you know, playing music, a different style of leaderboard. You know, players are wearing shorts. So they're kind of getting that impression that these are kind of your 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 weekend golfers, right? Your weekend warriors a little bit. So I think that could be good for the game of golf because you know the always the thing people can look back to as pros are just like us and until they watch them swing a golf club anyway. But um I, I think that could be good. So I don't necessarily think that having two of these bodies, the PGA tour and live, can necessarily hurt golf. But um I I think that's up for interpretation. And I'm I flip-flopped on 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 that in the last, you know, last year since Liv's been around a lot of times. Yeah. I, I, I think my only, my only question to that is I genuinely wonder if the audience is actually there. Um, golf is gaining in popularity. There's no doubt about that, but I think it's a different kind of growth in popularity. I think during the tiger era, it was really interesting because more people wanted to watch golf, but the, right. the popularity change that's happening in golf now is that more people want to go play golf, which is, I mean, that's awesome for different reasons. That's awesome. But, you know, we saw the PGA championship, the ratings for Sunday were as bad as they have been, I think since 2016 or 2017. So, you know, for a major, I know there's a lot of debate about, you know, May and whether that's a good month or not for a major, but you know, I have real doubts about what kind of audience there is to watch golf on television. And at the end of the day, all of these professional any professional league lives and dies by how many people watch it on TV, on streaming and on those services and how well it can be monetized. Um, because at the end of the day, that's how you make money. Um, right. whether you one more lift thing, did you see Matt lift. Wolf is leaving smash GC? Did you see that? I did. Yeah. I was a little, a little, uh, taken aback, I guess in theory, that is something that can happen in this team dynamic, right? Like that's yeah, I wonder if it. it's like a trade or if or or what happened behind the scenes there too. I'm know. really interested. No one's had a more quick fall off than Matt Wolf. Took the PGA Tour by storm, right? You know, yeah. had that interesting swing that was very marketable. Played well in college and won on the PGA Tour before going to live. And you know, ever since he's been on the live tour, he's kind of struggled in terms of his performance. So, really interesting to see where kind of Matt Wolf if he bounces onto a different team, is he getting out of golf? Kind of interesting to me, but yeah, all that signs that point towards that Matt Wolf is done with what's Smash GC. We'll see where he ends up next. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this week on the PGA Tour, we have the Memorial at Mirfield Village. Uh, one of my favorite golf tournaments of the year. I wish it was on Memorial Day weekend. Jack's place. It's, it's just we we 
we have it afterward, I guess, this is just the standard. Um, past yeah. winners, Patrick Cantley, Billy Horschel, John Rahm, Stacked Field, Elevated Event, everything you could possibly want uh, in a golf tournament that has Jack Nicholas's name attached to it. Um, top five, who do we have uh, sitting in the top five as far as favorites are concerned? I think I'm going to pick Scotty Scheffler. And I, I know it feels like a little bit of a chalk pick. You know, he's at the favorite about six to one when I saw it this morning. Yeah. So I've already bet him on uh, DraftKings. So looking forward to that as, as I'll be there, you know, hopefully watching him on the weekend. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But looking at Scotty Scheffler, just some of his ball striking numbers are just insane. I mean, yeah. someone was talking about it on Twitter and um, it's his ball striking numbers have, are kind of rivaling like Tiger numbers back back before then. And some of them are even a little bit better, which is really interesting. Scotty Scheffler really just hasn't won much on the PGA Tour lately, which is hard to funny to say because, I mean, Scotty Scheffler was winning all the time as of a year ago. And he has won a couple times this year on tour. But just taking a look at his last 10 starts, T3, T2, T5, T11, T10, fourth, win, tied for fourth, T13, and a win. That's his last 10 starts for Scotty Scheffler, how yeah. well he's played so lately on the PGA Tour. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, our new number one golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler, to win this week in the morning. Yeah, I, I think that's a very that is a very safe pick. And I would say he's due also. So um that is a good pick, no doubt. My my pick for this week uh to win Justin Thomas. I'm going a little off the radar. He's just on the cusp of what we'd consider uh favorite to maybe middle of the road at 30 to one. Um, but you know, he's got the stuff to win. I think he's another guy that's due. He's been trending, I think, in the right direction. Yes. Um, and Justin Thomas could get the win. Interestingly enough, Jordan Spieth is in the field. Same odds as Justin Thomas. I'm curious what this risk situation is for him and how he plays this week. Um, he had mentioned at the PGA in Rochester that if he had another week or two off between the PG or between uh, the lead up to the PGA and the PGA championship that he probably would have felt better and maybe gotten toward hundred percent with the right. rest, but he never just, dis- he never disclosed what that indi- what that injury was. So um, I'm curious to see how he plays this week. He played last week at the Charles Schwab challenge. So I, I think that wrist has to be, you know, close to fine. I would think so. Yeah. I like that pick too. I, I think he'll be hanging around. Yeah. Um, Especially in his home state Texas. or next, not his whole well, last week was in his home state and now he's back up. Now we're in yeah. Ohio. Um, so let's talk about long shot picks. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to a 2023 winner on the PGA tour, uh, 65 to one. I've got Wyndham Clark, 65 to one, a guy who just won a few weeks ago. He can play, he can win. He won won an elevated event too. It's not like he just won a a, a random event, right? Right. Won a pretty big, big event. So that's my pick. Uh, you know, I, I like, he had a couple down weeks, but that's kind of been, if you look Going back into last fall, that's kind of what his season has been like so far, up and down peaks and valleys. Uh, I like it this week. I like this week to be a peak for him. I like it. I'm looking at last year's champion in Billy Horschel. Won this tournament last year, like I said. Comes in at 130 to 1. If you're going to give me the reigning champion, 130 to 1, I'll sprinkle a little bit on there. So we'll go with Billy Ho. Burned me in the past a little bit here and there. Played well last week at the Charles Swap Challenge in the first round. And then the last three rounds, he kind of limped his way in to finish that golf tournament. But I'm looking for Billy Horschel. You know, he's been a seven-time PGA Tour winner. Knows how to hang around these kind of big events. So uh, 
let's take a look at Billy Horschel and we'll see if he's around on Sunday and possibly in the chance for the winner's circle. Absolutely. And I know we didn't have it on the script, but could we just say maybe sprinkle a couple bucks on Justin Sutter to finish top 20? Sure. Or maybe top 10? That. There's definitely some value in, in guys in that area, right? To whether the, they make, he's all the, make way the, the top bottom. 20 and stuff. So like, getting a guy like Justin Sutter, there's a few others that are, are really good value if you're able to kind of find them in the, in the depths of the sports book and, and kind of have them cash out for you. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Nate, any thoughts on on what you're going to be doing this weekend? You're going to be there Saturday and Sunday. Is that the Saturday plan? and Sunday at Jack's place? Yep. Like I said, visiting cousins in Ohio in uh, Columbus, I should say. So take the quick trip over to Dublin and uh, hopefully meet Jack Nick Jack Nicholas, right? The Golden Bear, and uh, we'll we'll see you on on the course at Murphy Village. Follow us on our social channels. I'll put some stuff up on TikTok and Instagram. You know, from the from the golf course on Saturday and Sunday. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Love it. Um, one question, I didn't put it on the script, but I heard it the other day being debated and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, if we're going to have no cut events here in the future, elevated events be no cut events. Uh, the the hypothesis was thrown out there that perhaps Jack, Arnie and Tiger's tournaments should remain cut events. Support or do not support that? If they're uh, going to also big, be elevated events, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the cut event or the no cut event in general. Yeah. So I'm 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 in a fan agreement with that. I like seeing these big fields with some of the lower guys. You know, I I find that really interesting. Yeah. I felt like found myself with PGA Championship watching some of the lower guys, um, watching them more. You know, guys like Bo Hostler and Denny McCarthy, watching them more than the big guys. So I would love to see you know these no cut events. I think they're a lot of fun, and you have more storylines too in those. So yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, and I would also say uh, you don't have an appre- you don't really get an appreciation for how popular these guys uh, that aren't quite household names are among younger fans uh, until you actually go to an event. Yes, you know, watching sure. JT post and stand out there like a mailman, literally just signing a billion autographs, coming off 18. Uh, you know, on Thursday. Um, that's, that's something, uh, to me, you know, got to see those. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of out of bounds. We will be back after the Memorial follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe here on YouTube for latest golf news, new podcast episodes, and plenty of other content. Remember whether it's down the middle or out of bounds, keep on swinging. You've been listening to out of bounds. If it's coverage, debate, or discussion of pro and local golf, we'll be talking about it. Be sure to visit the website at FingerLakes1.com. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at OutOfBoundsFL1. See you next time on Out of Bounds. Out of Bounds.